Back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 71 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. The Rangers coming off of Saturday's one to nothing shutout win in Detroit. Got to start by talking about Henrik Lundqvist. He was brilliant in this game, a 33 save shutout. And, you know, yes, the, Ra- the Red Wings are a team that the Rangers should beat. Yes, they have an atrocious record. Yes, they are dead last in nearly every stat in the NHL, but you still have to play well, and the Rangers did what they had to do. They took care of business these two games coming out of the All-Star break, playing a home-and-home back-to-back and beating the Red Wings twice. They had to get four points in this back-to-back. That's exactly what they did, and, you know, it's just the start. Again, we talked about this before, but there's an eight-game stretch here where the Rangers do not play that many good teams. One of the good teams that they will play, however, is tonight against the Dallas Stars. The Rangers will be at home against the Stars in Madison Square Garden at 7 p.m. The Stars are the only team of the eight opponents in this eight-game stretch that are actually in position to make the playoffs. Uh, they are in third place in their division, and the Rangers will have a good test tonight. Let's just keep it rolling here and get a third straight win. But the Rangers, with this win against Detroit, well, really, these two wins against Detroit, they now sit at 25-21-4. and So same amount of wins as losses if you count the overtime losses. They are right at 550 games through the season. 54 points, still nine points out of the playoffs. And that's unfortunate because, you know, you figure the Rangers win both of these games. Maybe they'd be creeping a little bit closer, which they have. It's now nine points instead of 11 points. But they still have their work cut out for them. There's still a long way to go. And again... Next six games to complete this eight-game stretch here are going to be absolutely huge for the Rangers because, again, weak opponents, and if the Rangers are going to make their move to get back into this playoff chase, it's got to happen right now. But again, we really got to start the show by talking about Henrik Lundqvist. He gets his first shutout since November of 2017, again, stopping all of the 33 shots that he faced. He also continues his career-long domination of the Red Wings, and it's just awesome to see him not only get a shutout, but to do it in a game where the Rangers only scored one goal themselves. Because, yeah, it's great to get a shutout no matter what the score is, but, you know, if you get a shutout when your team wins 5 nothing, it's not exactly like the pressure is on in the last couple minutes of that game. I mean, yeah, sure, you want the shutout, but you're going to win the game. But for Lundqvist to come through in a spot like this where the Rangers had a one-goal lead for 47-plus minutes, basically every save that he made after the Rangers went up one nothing was a lead-saving stop. And so, yeah, I mean, it was just huge. It was clutch. The Rangers really needed him to come through. Like I said, they absolutely had to win this game, and Henrik Lundqvist, one of the biggest reasons why it happened. He wasn't tested early in this game. He had kind of a quiet first period. The Red Wings, not really with a ton of scoring opportunities in the first 20 minutes, but in some ways, and we talked about this with Shesterkin after the last game, it can almost be more impressive when you have a strong performance like this when you're not under fire the entire time. Just because you aren't really in the game, you're not getting a lot of action, you're not making a lot of saves, and it's easy to just kind of get cold back there while you're waiting for something to happen. But for Lundqvist to really, again, get very little action in the first period, at least not a ton of scoring opportunities for Detroit, and for him to then basically stand on his head in the second and third periods as he did, very, very impressive there. And also impressive because this was his first game since January 11th. 
And that's tough no matter who you are. But for a goalie like Henrik Lundqvist, who's used to being the man, I mean, ever since he's been with the Rangers, he's been the guy, he's been the starter, and he's used to playing frequently. And for him to now have to share playing time with not one, but two other guys, and for him to go, geez, what is it now, like three weeks? Yeah, three weeks without seeing the ice and to come up big like this, that's awesome. That's awesome to see. And we have seen this from Henrik Lundqvist a little bit this season. You know, he's had his struggles. There's no doubt about that. He's not the same guy that he was 10 years ago. However, there have been performances such as this game on Saturday where he really turns back the clock. And not only does he give the Rangers a chance to win, but he is the biggest reason why the Rangers indeed get the win. So awesome to see from Lundqvist. And and also, that was his 883rd career appearance. He passes John Van Beesbrook for ninth all-time. And again, just a vintage performance from the King, and just awesome to see for Ranger fans. Just to run through the starting lineup here, it was fairly similar to the game before. I, I think there's only one change here, but the top line, of course, is Banajad centering Kreider and Buchnevich. Second line, Strom centering Panarin and Foss. Third line, you've got... Heedle centering Howden and Kako. Now, Howden moved up a line here while Brennan Lemieux dropped down a line, although Lemieux, toward the end of the game, ended up uh, seeing some ice time with the top line. He was out there alongside Zibanejad and Buchnevich because, of course, Chris Kreider uh, suffered a head injury, and we'll talk about that in just a minute here. But yeah, so the third line, again, Heedle centering Howden and Kako, and the fourth line, McKeg with Lemieux and Smith. And then also the defense pairings, they kind of went with this uh, new combination that they broke out in the last game. You have Lindgren and Truba as the top pairing, followed by Shea and Fox, and then Stahl and D'Angelo, and of course, Lundqvist and Nett. Now, the defenseman, it was kind of interesting because toward the end of the last game, Brady Shea and Jacob Truba were back out there together in the in the later portions of the Friday game against the Red Wings. And that also happened a little bit tonight. And I think there was a time, I think, you know, Fox and D'Angelo were back out there together. So I don't know, maybe that's the plan. Maybe Quinn not only has decided to shuffle the combinations before games, but he's also planning to do it in-game a little bit as well. And of course, you know, that depends on the situation in the game and who's playing well. And I think it's fine, you know, if he wants to mix and match a little bit and, and make sure that all of these guys have a rapport with each other. I think that's fine. It worked in this game, obviously. They didn't give up any goals. So, so far, so good as far as, you know, the, the new line combinations are concerned. Again, Detroit, not exactly an offensive juggernaut, to put it very mildly. So they're going to get a better test here tonight against the Stars, a, a team that can score some goals and a team that overall has had a strong season. So we'll see how that goes. Definitely looking forward to the game tonight. And the Rangers have already announced Henrik Lundqvist going to be back in net, I suppose, coming off of the shutout. What other choice did they have, really? I mean, they've kind of gone... Early in the season, they kind of went with the hot hand approach with Lundqvist and Georgiev, and that sort of continued with Shesterkin. It's just now a three-man band, and tonight, it's Lundqvist night. You know, he came up with a shutout, stood on his head against the Red Wings, and he 100% has earned another start here tonight. So definitely looking forward to seeing him back between the pipes. And again, another good test for the Rangers. I thought two defensemen who really stood out—well, three, actually. Three defensemen that really stood out for the Rangers— Brady Shea, I thought, played very well in this game. He was very physical. There were a couple times where the Red Wings had the puck in deep, and Brady Shea played very physical. He knocked some guys off the puck, allowed the Rangers to take control and get the clear. A couple of times that happened while the Red Wings were on the power play. So, so a strong performance by Brady Shea tonight, throwing his weight around a little bit. And, you know, that's something that he can do. You know, he, he's a big guy, so he should take advantage of that and play a little bit more physical. I know we've been tough on Brady Shea a little bit at times, on this podcast, but I got to be fair, he was great last night. Jacob Trubo with a couple of big hits attracted some attention twice, really. You know, there were there were a couple of hits by Truba that caused the Red Wings to kind of come after him a little bit, but both hits were clean, so he was very physical. And then I also thought 
that Ryan Lindgren had a really nice night for the Rangers. There was a play early in the first period here where the Red Wings were coming in on a fast break, and he made a great play with his skate to break up a cross-ice pass that really would have given the Red Wings a chance to open the scoring again very early in the first period. Great play by Lindgren there. And then in the last minute or so, you know, Lindgren is out there on the ice, and again, that, that tells you everything you need to know, that Quinn seems to regularly put... Lindgren on the ice in big spots like that when the Rangers are up by a goal and and trying to prevent the equalizer late in games and he was out there again and he made a great sliding play to block a shot with about 30 seconds remaining and and really prevented a scoring opportunity there for the Red Wings so a great play by Lindgren great night overall for him great night overall for everybody on the Rangers blue line and again it's the Red Wings they seem allergic to scoring goals so they're gonna get a better test tonight are these Ranger defensemen but hey you know they've played great over these two games and hopefully you can just kind of carry that momentum into tonight's game against the Stars I thought Capo Caco again had a really nice game here tonight I still feel like that third line of the Rangers is getting close obviously it didn't result in any goals I mean there was only one goal scored in this game but Caco had a play early in this game where he was kind of pinned along the board just inside the Detroit blue line, and he sent a backhand pass across the ice. I don't even know how he got it there, but he somehow, he's got a Red Wing draped all over him. There's another Red Wing in the passing lane, but he somehow flips a backhanded pass to Brett Howden on the doorstep, but Jonathan Bernier made a a great point-blank stop against Howden. So, I mean, again, there was not a ton of room for Howden to work with there, but Kako, again, I, I don't even know how he got this pass to Howden in the first place. And Kako, you know, he drew a penalty later in this game. I just think he's a lot more visible. He's playing with some confidence right now. And again, I just, I got to believe this third line is close to breaking out because they've had their opportunities in some of these games. Jonathan Bernier was very good in this game as well in net for the Red Wings, so take nothing away from him. He made some really nice stops to give Detroit a chance. But again, this this third line, they've just, they've been creating too many scoring opportunities for this scoring drought to continue much longer. And I look for that to hopefully change tonight against Dallas. Would be great to see the Rangers kind of come up with some secondary scoring here as we move forward in the season. But then just to jump ahead a couple of minutes, game is still scoreless at this point, and Jacob Truba, good, clean, punishing hit in the neutral zone. And as soon as he delivers it, Abdelkader just jumps on him. And this has really got to stop. I mean, not just in this game, but across the NHL. And I know guys are always going to want to look to stand up for their teammates, but this is a clean hit. There was nothing dirty or vicious about this hit that Truba laid on the player on the Red Wings, and Abdelkader just jumps on him. I just don't get it. You know, it's a good clean hit. And there seems to be this trend where players just feel the need, like anytime somebody on their team takes a big hit, that they have to attack the guy. And we saw that here with Abdelkader. And Abdelkader... I mean, the joke's on him because he ended up taking a penalty here, and he goes to the penalty box, and it leads to the only goal of the game because the Banerjad scores on the power play. But yeah, I mean, again, it just completely unprovoked. Abdelkader jumps on Truba. Abdelkader was starting some some nonsense in the game before as well. And I also have to give kudos to Brendan Lemieux because obviously after Abdelkader jumped on Truba, everybody pretty much came together. You know, there was a a little bit of a mix-up, some pushing and shoving and all that. Lemieux was right in the middle of all that. He kind of had a hold of Abdelkader, but... He never crossed the line and did anything where he was going to take a penalty. And this is the second straight game where Lemieux has been in a position where he was either taken down or he he had a chance to stand up for a teammate and really go after somebody. And he took the high road and just laid off and let the Rangers take the power play. And that's good to see because, you know, Lemieux, again, very emotional player, can be a little bit of a hothead on the ice, but he twice in two games now has maintained control and just allowed the Rangers to take the man advantage. And in doing so, Rangers go on the power play and they score the only goal of the game. 
Strom passes down low and Kreider receives the pass along the goal line. And Kreider basically just redirects the pass toward the crease. And Bernier gets a piece of it with his stick. But Zibanejad is right there. He crashed the net and he stuffs the rebound home. And it's one nothing Rangers again. The only goal of the game. So for Justin Abdelkader, hey man, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth, you know, getting your pound of flesh and just jumping on somebody for no reason. Because that led to the only goal of the game. Abdelkader cost his team the game. I mean, how, how else can you say it? It's the only goal that was scored, and it was the result of an undisciplined penalty. Rangers, great job taking advantage there, making him pay for it, and Mika Zibanejad picks up his 20th goal of the season. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The Rangers take a penalty. Buchnevich goes off for the minor and the Red Wings don't score on this opportunity. The Rangers may have actually had the best scoring chance here on this two-minute power play. Brennan Lemieux uh, shows off some impressive speed. Well, first of all, the whole thing was set up. The Rangers were being very aggressive on this penalty kill, really pressuring the puck at the blue line, and the puck came out to the neutral zone, and Lemieux picks it up in stride, and again, just kind of zips into the zone. He got something of a breakaway, but I can't really call it a true breakaway because the Red Wing defenseman kind of had the angle, and he got toward Lemieux at the very end. But Lemieux tried to score the backhand and, and just couldn't quite get the shot on net. So, again, not really a true clean breakaway in Lemieux, not able to put it home. But I do have to commend the Rangers for their lack of penalties in recent games because coming into this game tonight, they had only taken three penalties in their three most recent games. And, of course, on Friday against the Red Wings, they didn't take any penalties at all. Now, in this game, they took three penalties, but you can live with that. That's not a terrible amount. And in the one instance, it was matching minors. So Detroit only got the two power plays out of it. And the Ranger penalty kill stepped up, got the job done, and did not allow the Red Wings to score. Well, obviously they didn't score. It was a shutout. But you get what I'm saying. The the penalty kill came up big again tonight. But more than that, just the fact that the Rangers are staying out of the penalty box. I mean, it really does make a difference. And if, if you don't believe me, just go back and look at some of those earlier games this season. The Rangers were just getting absolutely killed by how many penalties they were taking. And I mean, obviously you take a penalty, it puts you behind the eight ball and the other team gets a scoring chance, but it's hard to get the ball rolling yourself if you're constantly playing shorthanded. It's hard to really kind of establish a forecheck and come up with a bunch of scoring opportunities if you're constantly playing a man down. So kudos to the Rangers once again staying out of the penalty box in this game here tonight. We've also got to obviously talk about this injury to Chris Kreider. This was just a nasty looking play early in the second period. So Kreider's going in on the rush. He's trying to get to a rebound. He's kind of uh, engaged with a player on Detroit and Kreider ends up taking a spill. He goes down to the ice. Mika Zibanejad is there, and he's trying to get to the puck as well. And he tries to basically just kind of jump over and around Chris Kreider, but he can't quite do it. And Mika's left knee uh, just clocks Kreider in the head. I mean, just just full-on direct hit, basically. And Kreider, you know, a little woozy getting off the ice, but he obviously didn't return in this game. The Rangers do not believe that he suffered a concussion, and I'm just now seeing that he Kreider is back 
skating at practice today, but that he will be a game-time decision tonight. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's a head injury, and I wouldn't be surprised if they held him off the ice here for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, just concern for the player himself. Anytime there's a head injury, you got to play it safe. The Rangers also called up Philip D. Giuseppe. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I just got to admit that. I'll know once I hear Sam Rosen say it once or twice, but this guy was up with the Rangers earlier this season and didn't actually see any ice time. He was a healthy scratch while he was there and then sent back to the Wolfpack, but he's up, and you wonder if maybe he's going to take the ice tonight in place of Chris Kreider. But yeah, with Kreider, again, you know, Rangers going to put his safety first, but beyond that, you certainly, I mean, the Rangers, there is the business side of it as well, and if the Rangers are indeed going to trade Chris Kreider, then I certainly don't think they want to have him go out there and suffer an injury tonight. So for all those reasons, I just don't think it's all that likely that we see Kreider tonight, but you never know. You know, he's a tough kid, obviously, and maybe he'll go out there and gut it out tonight. We we will see what happens. And the other side note here is that Mika Zibanejad certainly was very fortunate to escape injury himself on this play. I mean, anytime you're dealing with a knee, you kind of hold your breath a little bit, but he looked no worse for the wear, and, you know, I don't think he missed any ice time going forward. So again, the Rangers and Mika Zibanejad himself kind of dodging a little bit of a bullet there. So again, we're still in the second period here. The Rangers get a power play opportunity. I mentioned how Kako drew a penalty, and this is indeed that power play. This is the one that Kako drew. And then on the power play itself, Kako gets another great chance. D'Angelo makes some slick moves through the neutral zone, passes to his left to Capo Kako. Kako moves in, and uh, Bernier just comes up with a really nice uh, save in deep there. Nothing you could do. I mean, you know, we talked about Lundqvist, but Bernier was on top of his game as well, and he denies Kako there, but... Yeah, I still think that that line eventually is going to break through for the Rangers. And then I got to mention the final minute of the second period here. The Rangers really kind of back on their heels, under fire a little bit, and it looked like they were going to get a clear, but they turned the puck over right near their own blue line, and Dylan Larkin gets a chance in deep. Lundqvist makes kind of an unconventional save, maybe his best save of the night, but Lundqvist kind of fell backward on the play and was on his back and just kind of got his left skate on the puck to just rob Larkin. He kind of just lifted his leg there to make the stop, so kicked it away. Rangers survive here. That came with just 10 seconds left in the second period there, so you really don't want to give up that goal. And Lundqvist, once again, coming up clutch for the Rangers, and it's one nothing going into the third period. We go to the third period, and Truba once again with a really big hit, this time against Abdelkader, and two Red Wings basically just attack him. Smith and Abdelkader just kind of jumped him and kind of had him pinned against the boards there. But, yeah, I mean, I can see where maybe this looked bad, but what happened on the play was Truba was kind of approaching Abdelkader from Abdelkader's side, and when he turned toward the board, Truba just kind of, it was too late to stop, and he just finished the check, and so it kind of looked bad. You know, there was a big roar coming up from the, the fans there in Detroit, and obviously the Red Wings didn't like it either, but again, there was nothing really malicious here, and, you know, again, it's just another big clean hit from Truba. It was a great game by Truba. Truba played very well in this one, and Truba and Abdelkader both go off with matching minors. I don't really know about that. I mean, I don't really know what Truba did here. They, they called them both for roughing. But regardless, the team skate 4-on-4 four four for the next two minutes. And then during the 4-on-4, four four, another candidate for best save of the night for Henrik Lundqvist. This time, he fully extends upward to snag a shot by Namath. Just an excellent save there, full extension. It's possible the puck might have been going higher than that, but I'm not so sure. You know, that might have been right around crossbar level. So, and hey, who wants to take chances? So Lundqvist, again, kind of reaches up and to his left to snag the puck, makes a great save there. And again, just coming up clutch for the Rangers preserving the lead. Then with about five minutes left, just kind of a crazy sequence here, a little bit less than five minutes to go, and Lundqvist makes three saves in about 10 seconds, just under constant fire here. He got a little bit of a hand from Mika Zibanejad because there was one instance where Lundqvist made a, a really nice left pad save, but he gave up the rebound, and it looked like Detroit was going to have a good chance to just bury it, and Zibanejad did a great job blocking the shot 
that came after the rebound. So great job by Mika Zibanejad there, helping out his goalie on the defensive end. And Lundqvist, once again, you know, coming up clutch. But Detroit isn't done quite yet. They have another couple of chances in the last minute or so. And this is where we mentioned this earlier, but Lindgren came up with a great sliding blocked shot here. He just kind of went down to the ice, blocked a shot, prevented a scoring opportunity for Detroit with about 30 seconds left. Uh, Lundqvist makes another save. And then with about eight seconds remaining, Detroit once again gains the zone. They play the puck toward the net. There's a little bit of a deflection, and Lundqvist stays with it, makes the stop, and the Rangers clear the zone. And just like that, they hang on for the win, one nothing. And again, just so cool to see Henrik Lundqvist just kind of turn back the clock, give us a vintage King Henrik performance here as he did. And he gets reward for it because once again, he's going to be back in net tonight against the Dallas Stars. And I'm now seeing that the Stars have announced that it will be Anton Kudobin in net against the Rangers tonight. So the Rangers catch a little bit of a break there, you know, because Ben Bishop is their typical starter and he's in the race for a Vesna trophy this season, having another outstanding season. He's always been a little bit of a Ranger killer over the years. I don't even want to think about the Eastern Conference Finals, the seven game series that we had against them, against the Lightning when he was still on Tampa. But the case can absolutely be made that Kudobin, one of the best backups in the league, if not the best backup in the league, a little bit of a journeyman, 33 years old, but he is 11-7-1 with a 230 goals against average and a save percentage of 927. But I'd still rather take my chances against Kudobin than with Ben Bishop because, again, like we said, Ben Bishop certainly in the in the conversation for the Vesna Trophy this season. And with Kudobin, he's coming off of a rough start his last time out. He played... January 18th at Minnesota, and he gave up four goals on just 17 shots before being pulled out of that game. So hopefully uh, his struggles continue for at least one more night here, and the Rangers can take advantage of facing the backup and avoiding Ben Bishop tonight. But we'll see what happens. Definitely looking forward to the game tonight. It's going to be a good test for the Rangers, and they have the two wins against Detroit to sort of build off of. And again, like we've been talking about, this eight-game stretch coming out of the All-Star break, absolutely huge for the Blue Shirts. If they're going to be a playoff team, they really got to make their move right now. And it's got to continue tonight. So let's go get another win. Let's get another two points. And we'll be back here to talk about it tomorrow. And if you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I'll see you next time.